the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Clark Hilton is engineering today's program. James Blind, off in the wild blue yonder, is producing today's program. Well, today, of course, was the day that Billy Graham was remembered as faithful, most important evangelist by religious leaders who were assembled for his Homegoing service earlier today, after his death at age 99, pastors, authors, faith leaders, uh, dignitaries, politicians alike remember the evangelist as someone with great humility and a passion for the Bible's teaching. Some praised him who uh, preached for more than, uh, rather before more than 200 million people uh, in his lifetime as the most important evangelist since the Apostle Paul and one of the most faithful followers of Jesus. Of course, God is the one who assesses uh, what we've actually done and uh, Bill Graham would have recoiled at the thought of um, that kind of attention, having made certain that the focus of the event was uh, on Jesus. But nonetheless, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching the... uh watching the funeral from my computer screen uh, throughout the morning. And I wanted to share some of the excerpts from his family members in particular and a couple of foreign uh, pastors who spoke about his legacy, beginning with Billy Graham's only surviving sister. She commented on, uh, on her brother and, quite frankly, on the president. But thank you all for being here. And you're here because you love him. But you don't love him like I do. And you haven't loved him as long as I have. Uh, When the president saw me today, he said, my goodness, your family has good genes. Well, he didn't know that my name was Jean. It was so sweet to hear her talk about her brother as someone that she has loved more deeply than any of us and known him uh, better than any of us as well. Then his uh, daughter, uh, Anne Graham Lotz, uh, rose to speak. And of course, she is herself uh, something of an evangelist. And her words, uh, although I don't have all of them here, were really, uh, I thought, some of the best that were shared for the event. And I know that before the foundations of the world were laid, February 21st, 2018, was the date that God chose to take my father home. Why? And I had a sweet friend who urged me to look that up on the web. So I looked up what was significant about that day, and I found out that February 21st, 2018, is the day when Jews focus on scripture reading that focuses on the death of Moses. Moses was the great liberator. He brought people, millions of people, out of bondage to slavery, got them to the edge of the promised land, and God took him to heaven. And then God brought Joshua to lead them into the promised land to take them home. And my father also is a great liberator. He brought millions of people out of bondage to sin, and he gets us to the edge of heaven, the edge of the promised land, and then God has called him home. And then could it be that God is going to bring Joshua to lead us into the promised land, to lead us to heaven? And do you know what the New Testament name is for Joshua? It's Jesus. And I believe 
This is a shot across the bow from heaven. And I believe God is saying, wake up, church. Wake up, world. Wake up, Anne. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And Jesus said, when the gospel is preached to the whole world as it is today in the service, as it is through churches, missionaries, ministries, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, when the gospel is preached to the whole world, then the end will come. Ah, then the end will come. She was then followed by her younger sister, who joked about having to follow the eloquence of her sister, Anne. And I will run my race and live my life so that five minutes before I see Jesus, I have no regrets. I will live my life to exalt and glorify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I love you, Daddy. I have followed her all my life. (laughs) I want to thank each one of you for being here today, from those in the very back here in the tent to the very front row. We are blessed and honored that you are here. Thank you. And I have learned this week, as never before, that everybody has a Billy Graham story. And even this week, President Trump told us about his Billy Graham story. As a little boy, his father took him to Yankee Stadium to hear my father preach. And he said, this is a big deal. (laughs) Little did they know that their paths would cross many, many years later. She went on to tell a story that was very moving about her relationship with her parents when she stumbled. But I have my own Billy Graham story. So I'm going to tell you that one. And I've told it many times, and some of you have maybe heard it many times. But it bears repeating because, to me, it speaks to the essence of who my father was and is. After 21 years, my marriage ended in divorce. I was devastated. I floundered. I did a lot wrong. The rug was pulled out from under me. My family thought it would be a good idea for me to move away to get a fresh start somewhere else. So I decided to live near my older sister and her family and near a good church. The pastor of that church introduced me to a handsome widower and we began to date fast and furiously. My children didn't like him, but I thought, you know, they were almost grown. They didn't know what they could, they couldn't tell me what to do. I knew what was best for my life. My mother called me from Seattle. My father called me from Tokyo. They said, honey, why don't you slow down? Let us wait to get to know this man. They had never been a single parent. They had never been divorced. What did they know? So being stubborn, willful, and sinful, I married a man, this man, on New Year's Eve. And within 24 hours, I knew I'd made a terrible mistake. After five weeks, I fled. I was afraid of him. What was I going to do? I wanted to go talk to my mother and my father. It was a two-day drive. Questions swirled in my mind. What was I going to say to Daddy? What was I going to say to Mother? What was I going to say to my children? I'd been such a failure. What were they going to say to me? We're tired of fooling with you. We told you not to do it. You've embarrassed us. And let me tell you, 
you women will understand you don't want to embarrass your father, you really don't want to embarrass Billy Graham. <laughs> and many of you know that we live on the side of a mountain. And as I wound myself up the mountain, I rounded the last bend in my father's driveway, and my father was standing there waiting for me. As I got out of the car, he wrapped his arms around me and he said, welcome home. There was no shame, there was no blame, there was no condemnation, just unconditional love. And you know, my father was not God, but he showed me what God was like that day. When we come to God with our sin, our brokenness, our failure, our pain, and our hurt, God says, welcome home. And that invitation is open for you. Thank you, and God bless you. Mm. Ruth uh, Graham speaking about her father and an encounter she had with him some years ago. We're going to take a quick break. We're sharing some excerpts from the funeral earlier today. Uh, Coming up, we're going to hear from his daughter, Gigi, who read a poem that was written by her mother when she was 13. Her mother was 13. We're also going to hear from Billy Graham's other son, Ned, and a pastor from the Middle East and Korea, uh, both having uh, been part of uh, crusades in their countries. They're going to talk about the impact the ministry had on them and uh, their respective countries. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. Is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back 19 minutes after 4 o'clock. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Just reflecting on some of what happened earlier today at uh, Billy Graham's funeral. About 2,000 people, including prominent religious leaders, were invited to the uh, funeral service, which took place under a tent outside the Billy Graham Library near his home in Charlotte, North Carolina. Franklin Graham, his son, delivered the main funeral address. We'll share that with you a bit later for his father after personal messages from Billy Graham's three daughters and younger son. We've heard from a couple of them already. Uh, Mr. Graham, on behalf of millions of international Christians around the world, said one speaker, thank you for bringing the salvation message to our part of the world. Billy Kim, former president of the Baptist World Alliance, said during the service at noon. Russell Moore, president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, part of the Southern Baptist Convention, said it's almost impossible to count the number of people he knows who have become Christians through Graham's uh, work. In an interview with Fox News, Moore praised the authenticity of Graham, saying that he was someone who was the same in both his uh, public and private life, which was affirmed, by the way, by his children. My earliest memories are watching him preach on television as a very small child. I remember being struck as a child with the gravity uh, with which he took the gospel that uh, continued with me for the rest of my life. When I met uh, Dr. Graham, that same sense of weightiness of the gospel was evident in his personality, just as it was in public. He added that Graham, uh, Dr. Graham was successful because his work wasn't uh, all about himself, comparing him to John the Baptist. I think the death of Billy Graham is a time for all of us to reflect on the hope that he preached, forgiveness of sins, and the peace with God through Jesus Christ. I hope there's a great deal of reflection, not just on what he did, but why. Others were also quoted. Well, among Billy Graham's uh, children, his daughter, Gigi, uh, she got up and read a poem that had been written by her mother when she was just 13 years old. And it was a a sweet memory of uh, a reminder of the close relationship that Billy Graham and his wife shared raising their family. But you know, mother, many years after that, wrote, uh, really wasn't, she was about 13 when she wrote this little poem. And I couldn't think of any adjectives that have been said 
that could do better than this poem. And I want to share this poem with you that many of you maybe have heard or have heard quoted, but it's worth doing it again. Thirteen-year-old girl remembered, Dear God, I prayed all unafraid, as we're inclined to do. I do not need a handsome man, but, oh, God, let him be like you. I do not need one big and strong or yet so very tall, nor need he be a genius or wealthy, Lord, at all. But let his head be high, dear God, and let his eye be clear, his shoulders straight, whate'er his state, whate'er his earthly sphere. And, oh, God, let his face have character and a ruggedness of soul, and let his whole life show, dear God, a singleness of gold. And when he comes, as he will come, with those quiet eyes aglow, I'll understand that he's the man I prayed for long ago. And you know, the Lord answered every single one of those prayers at Mother, and many more. And of course, that little girl, my sisters and my brothers and I called Mama, and the little boy was Daddy. And how grateful that God has now brought them back together again for eternity. A very sweet recollection. Billy Graham's other son, Ned, also spoke, albeit very briefly. I just want you to know that my father was fat. He was faithful, he was available, and he was teachable. And I want each one of you to remember that. Faithful, available, teachable. May we all be that way. And thank each one of you for coming and giving us this honor and the honor to my father. Thank you. Billy Graham, of course, was an evangelist and popular here in the United States, but his influence elsewhere in the world was also highlighted when this pastor from the Middle East took to the podium to speak about his reflections. When we talk about Dr. Graham in the Middle East, we don't say he is only a great evangelist, but we say he is a great teacher. And Dr. Graham has used the best method of teaching. He has... He has taught by example. He's never used a computer or a Facebook or a blackboard, but he taught by example. And when Paul wrote to Timothy, he said to him, be an example for the believers in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. And this is exactly what Dr. Graham has taught us. He lived a holy life. When he spoke about holiness, he lived a holy life, a blameless life. And when he spoke about prayer or, or he spoke about humbleness, he was a humble man. And his greatness really is from his humility. One time I was in Amsterdam in 1971 and uh, Mrs. Graham said, have you made an appointment with Dr. Graham? And I said, no, I am a little man and he is a great man and I was afraid to go and see him or made an appointment with him. 
But she took me to the prayer room and she opened the room so slowly. And here I saw a giant on his face before God praying and crying before he went to preach the gospel. He was dependent completely on God. And one time he said to me, do you want to be successful in your ministry? I said, of course I want to be. He said, Sammy, people, they all want to talk about themselves. They love it. They want to talk about themselves. But don't talk about yourself. Talk about Jesus. Lift him up. And when we lift Jesus up, he will draw all men to himself. He said, remember what Paul said. We don't preach ourselves. But we preach Christ as Lord and ourselves as slaves for you, for the sake of Christ. He was a great man, and he was really a humble man. Mm. And then a Korean pastor who uh, said that there are more churches and missionaries in uh, his country because of the work of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. During the Seoul Crusade, my family went every night at the final meeting with estimated 1.1 million people attended, all of our children dedicated their lives to serve the Lord. The church I pastored at that time, attendance was mere 300. Now, after your crusade, there are more than 20,000 members. The rapid growth of the mega church movement in Korea have started. We have more churches and missionaries than any other country in our region, all because you came to preach the word to our people. These are excerpts from the Billy Graham a funeral earlier today in uh, North Carolina. Greg Laurie speaking uh, about uh, his reflections on the great evangelist, uh, Pastor Greg Laurie, went from uh, watching Graham on this uh, black and white television to attending one of the crusades in San Diego, California, to serving with him as a board member on the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association that anticipated his passing someday and equipped many to serve in leadership. He says, I wasn't in any uh, way disappointed that I got to know him. He was every much the man you would have hoped he would be, Laurie said. He's the pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship. I don't think anyone will ever take Billy's place, but we can all in our own way follow his example and proclaim the same gospel as he did. Lorian said that Graham, who had been uh, uh, best friends with some of um, in the early uh, 1990s, was a very humble man who enjoyed meeting and talking with uh, new people. He was faithful in his message, Lori said, which was simply, we are all sinners, but God loves and sent, loves us and sent his son. Rick Warren says that Billy Graham served God's purpose for a generation and then he died. The venerable pastor and author's uh, stark statement about, Gresh- about uh, Graham is a reference to Acts 13. 38, a Bible verse that says, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. That epithet, uh, Warren told uh, uh, news reporters, is perhaps the greatest praise he could give someone. He complimented the uh, late evangelist's integrity, single focus, and humility. James Dobson called uh, Graham a brother in Christ. 
uh, he would uh, miss the evangelist greatly. It's not often that you can say someone truly changed the world, but when it comes to Billy, he changed the face of eternity as well, Dobson said. He's the author and founder of Family Talk, and uh, it said in a statement, uh, through his crusades, he helped turn many millions hearts, uh, millions of hearts rather, to Christ. While superlatives ab- abound regarding the life and deeds of Reverend Graham, I believe it, uh, we would want, uh, he would rather want us to point out the admiration and adoration back to Jesus. Paula White, uh, who's an advisor to the president, pastor of New Destiny Christian Center in Florida, uh, said that Graham's love of God was uh, tangible in his life. This man has truly lived a Christ likeness. Uh, she's an advisor to the president, a spiritual advisor, and added that when she uh, met Billy Graham, it was like she was having a conversation with Jesus himself. His words were powerful and profound, but it was the presence of God in his life. Uh, Tom Rayner says it was uh, only the second or third time that he was able to meet Graham before the Louisville, Kentucky crusade. But when the, when the uh, Reverend saw him, he said, I am so honored to see you again. Rainer is president and CEO of Nashville based Lifeway Christian resources. Recall the meeting saying that it uh, points to the incredible humility and embodied uh, that embodied Graham. Aside from the humility, Rainer praised Graham, uh, his ability to understand the context in which he lived. And as an uh, evangelist, Graham was always asking questions, always searching for a better way to teach people. He did that through his uh, crusades, then with the radio and eventually through television programs. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. When we return, we'll hear Franklin Graham, who preached the obituary for his father. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on this, um, what is this, Friday afternoon? Well, Franklin Graham delivered the uh, the eulogy for his father at the funeral, and I wanted to give you the opportunity to hear what he had to say. Here's Franklin Graham, who is now the head of, and has been for some time, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Mr. President, First Lady Melania Trump, Vice President Pence, Karen, to my family, government leaders, notable guests, my father's friends and pastors and church leaders, and the wonderful supporters who stood behind him with their prayer and support all these years, and to my father's incredible staff, we have come here today to honor a man of God. The library in back of us tells about the journey of faith that my father traveled his entire life. My father preached on heaven, told millions how to find heaven. He wrote a book on heaven. And today, he's in heaven. His journey is complete. You may wonder how I best remember my father. Well, I cannot remember my father without remembering my mother. She loved my father. He loved her. He adored her. She was his soulmate in life. And when she passed away 11 years ago this coming June, it was a big hole in his heart. He missed my mother. He had a big picture of her at the foot of his bed on the wall. And he could lie in bed and look at that picture of my mother. Sometimes I'd come in there to see him and he'd say, Franklin, I miss your mother more today than I've ever 
Mr. in my life. The last few years of my mother's life, my mother was sick in bed and she would lie in bed on her side and my father would come in and he'd sit beside her and the two of them would look at each other. Just look at each other, in, I mean, eye to eye for hours. And if I sat in the room, I felt a little uncomfortable, like I was intruding. <laughs> um, he loved her, and she loved him. My mother was a part of my father's life at every turn. When I think about my father, I, I can sit quietly and I can still hear his, his voice. A word of encouragement and sometimes a word of caution. There were quite a few of those. I can recall him at home just laughing with our children. He had a great sense of humor. He loved his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, all of his family. And I remember we would take walks together along the mountain trails above, above his log home there in Montreat. But the Billy Graham that the world saw on television, the Billy Graham that the world saw in the big stadiums, was the same Billy Graham that we saw at home. There weren't two Billy Grahams. He loved his family. He stood by us. He comforted us. He left us an enduring legacy. His uncompromising testimony of God's great love all of us children came to see the world and our Father in heaven through my Father's eyes. I think the most compelling vision I have ingrained in my memory is my father, the preacher, the evangelist, standing behind this pulpit right here. In stadiums around the country and around the world, and his voice booming, proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has often said that someday you'll read that Billy Graham is dead. He said, Don't you believe one word of it? He said, I'll be more alive than I am now. I would have just changed addresses, that's all. Every Sunday that I was home, I went to visit my father. Oh, he'd, he'd love to walk when he could. I shared with things that we were doing. He would ask questions. We would talk about the Bible. He liked to talk about politics, sports. But the last few years, he became rather quiet. In this last year of his life, he said very little at all, and I believe that his mind was on heaven. He often said, I'm not afraid to die, for I know the joys of heaven are waiting. If he could speak to you today, he would ask, will you be making this journey to heaven someday? My father's greatest longing has been granted. He's in the presence of God. There are a few things that my father would want me to share with you today, and I'll take just a moment. My father would want you to know that he believed the Bible to be the infallible Word of God. He didn't understand it all, but he sure believed it all. The Bible was his sole authority. When he preached, 
He always took the Bible to the pulpit with him. And for most of his messages, he would hold the Bible in his hand. And he would quote scripture after scripture. His sermons were filled with scripture. And when he would quote the scripture, he'd always say, the Bible says. Why? Because it was his authority. My father believed in heaven. He also believed in hell. You see, Jesus preached on hell. Hell is reserved for the wicked, for those who refuse to repent of their sins and acknowledge God's Son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. The Bible says that God doesn't want anyone to perish, but all should come to repentance. This motivated my father to preach the gospel with urgency. He wanted to warn men and women of the consequences of their sins. That one day we would all have to stand before God to give him an account of our lives. That there was a judgment coming. The Bible tells us that man has been separated from God by sin. And sin is a disease of the human soul, the human heart. And it has infected the entire human race. The Bible tells us that we have all sinned. And we have all come short of God's standards, His glory. And the penalty of sin is death. Not just physical death, but spiritual death for eternity. The best news ever declared is that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. This verse was probably in every message my father ever preached because it demonstrates the love of God. It gives hope to the lost world. When one reads the papers or listens to the news, we wonder, what hope is there? But 2,000 years ago, God broke through the darkness of sin and sent His Son down from heaven to this earth to identify with us, to bring us the light of salvation. The man Christ Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Bible says, For it's by grace that you've been saved, through faith. And it's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Millions today are searching for the way. Where do I go? What do I do? Jesus said, follow me. He said, I'm the way. Just a few days ago, my father followed Jesus all the way to heaven. Most of his life was spent traveling the world, but the last week he embarked on the journey he had been looking forward to all of his life, the journey from earth to heaven. How about you? If this were your funeral... Would you be in heaven? Are you sure? Jesus still calls us to follow him today. Jesus said, I'm the truth. Many ask today, what is truth? With all the lies and false information, what is the truth? Jesus said, I am the truth. And all truth is found in him. He said, I'm the life. Most people spend their wages improving 
and trying to have a more comfortable life. If we follow Him and trust Him and believe Him to be true, He will give us not a better life. He doesn't promise that. He doesn't promise us a more comfortable life. But He does promise us eternal life. Jesus tells us that no one comes to the Father except through Him. The world, with all of its political correctness, would want you to believe that there are many roads to God. It's just not true. How could Jesus make these claims? How could he say that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him? You see, Jesus was God in the flesh because he is the only one in history to take our sins and to pay the debt of sin. And my Father would want me to share this with you today, that God sent His Son, His only Son from heaven to this earth to take our sins. And He took our sins to the cross. And He died in our place. He shed His blood for each and every one of you. And when He hung on the cross, God poured out the sins of mankind on His Son. The sins past, present, future. He shed His blood for our sins. He was buried for our sins. And on the third day, God raised his son to life. Jesus is not dead. He's alive and he's here today. Are you trusting him? He'll come into each and every heart that invites him. And if we repent of our sins and by faith believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says we will be saved. Are you saved? Are you forgiven? Are you trusting Jesus as your Savior? Are you following Him as your Lord? If you're not sure, there'd be no better time than right now at Billy Graham's funeral to settle this once and for eternity. It's simply by faith, simply by believing. And if you were just to pray a simple prayer like this, just say in your heart, just say this in your heart, God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I want to trust him as my savior. And I want to follow him as my Lord. If you just pray a simple prayer like that, God will forgive your sins. And you can have that hope of eternal life. I last visited with my father Sunday, February the 18th. And on the 21st of February... He was escorted by God's angels to the throne of God. And I can only imagine what it was like for my father to step into heaven. And there was the Lord Jesus Christ to say, well done, good and faithful servant. There was the throne of God. Can you just imagine that? My mother, his mother, father, friends, clapping, cheering, bells ringing, trumpets blowing. Not because it was Billy Graham. It's just another child of God had come home. Another child of God. Daddy, I won't, uh, I won't see you on this earth again, but I will see you again. I'll see you maybe soon, but not yet. To God be the glory. son eulogizing his father, Franklin Graham. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show brought to you in part today by Liberty Coin and Currency. Well, this Sunday, March the 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you'll need to check your local listings. Fox Broadcasting Company is going to air a very special film honoring the the uh, Reverend Evangelist titled Billy Graham, An Extraordinary Journey. It's a one-hour movie. It's going to offer an inside look at the life of Billy Graham, whose message of the gospel of Jesus Christ helped change millions of lives over his uh, nearly seven decades of evangelism. The uh, film reveals never-before-seen archive footage, interviews with the president's celebrities, family, close friends. The film will cover his entire life in ministry, starting with how God used a farm boy to become an evangelist and uh, eventually a world-renowned evangelist. Uh, viewers are going to uh, see historical footage, including Billy Graham's 1949 Los, Los Angeles uh, crusade, the civil rights period. It's going to uh, share his message of hope behind the Iron Curtain, time spent with presidents. Additionally, the movie is going to feature Billy and Ruth Graham, who was uh, passed away about 11 years ago this June, and the love that endured despite the pressures of an ever-demanding ministry. It's going to portray the well-known pastor's humility and heart, his reflections from his later years as well. Again, that's going to be a broadcast on Fox Broadcasting Company, Billy Graham, An Extraordinary Journey. I know that it's airing at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Not sure how that translates Pacific time, so do uh, check your local listings. At the funeral today, Billy Graham handpicked his favorite six hymns. They were Until Then. Uh, All hail the power of Jesus' name, above all, which was uh, sung by Michael W. Smith, and you could tell he was having a hard time uh, singing through through it. Uh, Because He Lives, uh, the Gaither Vocal Band performed that. Uh, To God Be the Glory, that was a Fanny Crosby song, a congregational song during the... uh, uh, the ceremony and Amazing Grace was played by bagpipe, followed by a series of uh, hymns. It was a very moving uh, part of the um, part of the uh, celebration of life. Until then, by the way, it was performed by musical artist Linda McCrary Fisher. All hail the power of Jesus name was congregational. And as I mentioned, Michael W. Smith uh, sang above all, all part of Billy Graham's uh, funeral earlier today. He will uh, lay in um, Uh, on the grounds where he grew up and where the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association is located. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. News and traffic up next. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the final segment of the Georgine Rice Show. Well, next week on the program, we're going to talk with Mark Morano. He is the author of Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. Looking forward to, uh, first of all, getting the book and then talking with him. Got a lot of reading to do on Monday. And uh, on Tuesday, we're going to talk with Elaine Storkey. She is the author of Scars Across Humanity, Understanding the and Overcoming Violence Against Women. On Wednesday, Scott Husing. We had actually planned on speaking with him this week, but got a call at the very last minute. He was uh, hopping on a plane. Uh, his book is Echo in Ramadi, the first-hand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city. So I'm looking forward to hearing that story, the first-hand account. And then on Thursday, Philip Lawler, The Lost Shepherd, How Pope Francis is uh, Misleading His Flock. Now, this is from written uh, by a member of that flock, Philip Lawler, and I'm interested to hear more about why he and others believe that uh, the Pope is taking the church in a direction that's quite different from what they have seen before. So that will be on Thursday. Well, today, of course, much of our time and uh, much of the country's focus has been on the 
funeral of uh, Billy Graham. I watched it uh, this morning, the preliminaries, as well as uh, much of the funeral, as much as I could while still attempting to work. And I tell you, it was um, it was really quite an occasion to hear his sons and daughters talk about him, not so much as the worldwide evangelist, although that crept into many of their comments, but as their daddy, as they referred to him. And uh, we played some of those excerpts for you here today, but it was really quite moving. Um, Several of them made reference to um, his wife and how much they loved one another. And that, of course, um, is a fact that we all know she has been uh, dead for about 10 years. So they've been separated for a period of time and uh, they made comment on how much he longed for and missed his wife of, of many, many years. But it was quite an occasion to uh, think again about the importance of the Great Commission. Uh, throughout the ceremony, there were references made to the fact that, yes, Billy Graham was an evangelist. He had significant impact, but it wasn't about Billy Graham. And I appreciated the focus always shifting back to Jesus and Uh, Because he lingered for such a long period of time, he had an opportunity to plan his own funeral. He chose which scriptures, he chose which songs. He he, uh, wanted to make sure that the emphasis wasn't on him. It was on uh, the one he was going to at the end of his life. And I think they were successful at communicating that message. I looked at the large crowd of people that were in that tent that mimicked the first tent revivals that he oversaw many, many years ago, back in the 50s. And some of the dignitaries who were there who heard a clear presentation of the gospel in song, a clear presentation of the gospel uh, from some of Billy Graham, Bill and Ruth Graham's uh, children, um, and certainly from uh, Franklin Graham, who uh, gave the eulogy at the event. And uh, I saw the president in Melania, and I, I hoped that people were uh, who don't know Christ were listening. There was certainly, as you would expect, an opportunity, as uh, you may have heard as we replayed Franklin Graham's remark. There was an opportunity and a charge to respond to the gospel, that you cannot remain indifferent and emphasizing that there are consequences to the response you choose to make. So it was a wonderful day of being reminded. Uh, Fox News, for example, played the uh, the funeral in its entirety, and I'm thinking this is cable network uh, television, and you've got this evangelistic um, event that lasted almost 90 minutes. Uh, several of the other um, online outlets also played all or portion uh, portions of it, as did some of the other uh, cable news networks. So it was exciting to hear Christ proclaimed. I know there was lots of rolling of the eyes and uh, doubters who were frustrated and perhaps offended by it, but uh, the truth of the gospel was being proclaimed. So it was a, it was a good day uh, to uh, enjoy this technology. As I was preparing for today's program and I looked at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association website, I was reminded of just the uh, consistent emphasis on presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I I looked at one page that's very familiar to those of us who had any connection with uh, Billy Graham and the crusades that took place here in the Portland area. And his steps to peace with God was one of the things that was featured there, even on the occasion of his death. They wanted to make sure that there was opportunity for those who might be perusing the website for any given uh, reason to find their resources to help them to follow Christ, uh, to know what it means to find uh, peace with God, with uh, Christ and God's purpose. Um, he uh, quoted, of course, Romans 5, 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his own as one and only son for whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then asking the question, what keeps you from having the life God planned for you, for us, that God created us in his image. He gave us a will and the freedom of choice. You choose to disobey. 
and you go your own way, and that separates us from God. And then a reminder of Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. People have tried to bridge that gap between themselves and God in a variety of ways, but the Bible says, and of course, Uh, Billy Graham and the Evangelistic Association that will continue after uh, his passing. In Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. And Isaiah 59, 2, but your inquiries have separated you or your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Uh, No bridge reaches God except the one that he himself proscribed. And then it went on to point out that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the grave. He paid the penalty for our sin and bridged that gap between us and God, the gap that we cannot traverse ourselves. First Timothy two, five, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Jesus Christ. And first Peter three, 18 for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, he being the righteous, we being the unrighteous to bring you to God. And then our response in receiving Christ, that we need to trust and receive him as Lord and Savior. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John 1, 12. And Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then he asked the question, what side are you on? The side with Christ or without him? And right to the very end, the last event that marks a um, a career in evangelism that spanned 80 years still focuses the attention on Jesus and uh, how we can reconcile uh, with him. So it's been a, it's been a great day, I think in America because the gospel has been proclaimed uh, so clearly. And uh, for any who are listening and don't have that relationship, I would encourage you to even now uh, to make that decision to follow Christ and to receive him as your Lord and Savior. I mentioned it earlier, but I wanted to emphasize that uh, Fox News is going to be broadcasting a, um, uh, what are they calling it? It's um, Billy Graham, An Extraordinary Journey. They're airing a very special film honoring the uh, Reverend um, Billy Graham. The one-hour movie is going to offer an inside look at the life of Billy Graham, his message, the gospel of Christ, helped change millions of life, lives rather over nearly seven decades of evangelism. Uh, again, it's going to be on Fox News, Billy Graham, An Extraordinary Journey. It reveals never-before-seen archive footage, interviews from presidents, celebrities, family, and close friends. The film's going to cover his entire life and ministry. It's starting with how God used a farm boy to become a world-renowned evangelist. Also, the film or the movie will feature Billy and Ruth Graham, uh, and the love that endured despite the pressure of never demanding ministry. It's going to portray the well-known pastor's humility and heart, his reflections from uh, his latter years. So you can find that at Fox News. It's scheduled for Sunday, March the 4th, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. But you might want to check your local listings because that can differ depending on what part of the country you're in. And I'm not sure if it Uh, It's three hours earlier here or if it's uh, going to be seven here as well, because sometimes the time zones, they broadcast things at different times. Anyway, that's coming up on Sunday. Billy Graham, an extraordinary journey on Fox uh, Broadcasting Company this Sunday, Um, seven o'clock Eastern. Not sure what time. Uh, our time. Now, once again, on Monday, we're going to talk with uh, Mark Murano. He is the author of Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. 
Uh, James Blinn has been off and we don't have the book yet. So I hope we're doing that interview and I'm hoping we have the book to do that interview. So it'll be a mystery to me as well as you if that uh, that happens. Anyway, looking forward to it. Also looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible at Ignite. That's at Vancouver Church tomorrow. The doors open at about uh, eight o'clock. And if you have yet to register but would like to come, you can do that on site. So don't uh, hesitate to join us. It's going to be a great uh, day with an emphasis on hope, which is what we all need in the context of uh, virtually every facet of our Christian uh, life. Again, that's at Vancouver Church. It's an all-day event. It'll end up at, end, I should say, rather, at about 4.30. And we would love to welcome you, even if you haven't registered, right up to this very moment. So that's, uh, that's this Saturday. All right. I want to thank Clark Hilton for engineering today's program, James Blind for producing from afar, and thank you for making the Georgine Rice Show part of your day. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at GRice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.